This is a Defocus Media production. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite optometrist, Dr. Daryl Glover. And I'm Dr. Jennifer Lyerly, resident optometry nerd. And welcome to Defocus Media, optometry's number one podcast, where we discuss the hottest topics, latest technology, eyewear, practice management, and more. So sit back, relax, and defocus. What's up, what's up, everyone? It's your favorite optometrist, Dr. Daryl Glover. Happy Monday. Super excited. I want to let you guys know a little secret. One thing that I love to do when it comes to podcasting is not just bring any guests on, but bring guests on from things that I want to learn and get better at, right? And today's guest is very special because I got to meet her at a class that myself and my partner in crime, Dr. Jennifer Lyerly, hosted um, at SECO this past weekend. And that class was really on branding and creating an experience. And we had great dialogue afterwards. And today I wanted to bring our guests may went on to really discuss you know how can we improve the optical experience because just two minutes of conversation with her really blew my mind to the point where i had to put my guest to the side that i was going to bring on today and bring her in because this is something that all of us as eye care professionals need to learn and know more of so it's my pleasure to introduce my new colleague my new friend uh may when how are you doing today may Hi, Dr. Daryl Glover. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Hey, look, I'm super excited that you're hanging out with me today. And I just want to say thank you so much for showing Jen and I support coming out to our class uh, this past weekend uh, while we educated the whole world on branding and telling a defocused media story. Super excited to have you. And I, I, I really want to dive deep into how we can improve the optical experience. But before we do this, or before we jump into this, I really want you to kind of give us your background. You know, how did you get into eye care? What is your why? Tell us a little bit about where you're located at. Maybe a fun fact or something like that. But let's get to know May a little bit better. We need to know how you became that executive optician and optical consultant. So let's hear it from you, May. Sure. So I actually was a full-time musician and server at a restaurant, and I did some bartending as well. Um, And I really wanted to get into the medical field because my my American grandmother was um, a manager at a hospital. And so I was kind of patterning after her. Um, so basically I took my um, creativity from music and I just drove all my creativity, you know, all of my creative energy into the optical, uh, even to the point where I wanted to, you know, own my own practice like I do now. And so I have a practice called Chart Optical in Nashville, Tennessee, in Music City. (laughs) And my music background actually informs a lot of what I do for my musician and performing artist clients. So because I have done what they do, you know, it just helps me really understand what they're looking at, what their experience is and what kind of lighting and different kinds of environments that they're, you know, exposed to. And then my service industry background really informs me about how I have designed my points of service for my optical. So we're going to get into that later as far as what a patient at Chart Optical can expect uh, in terms of the points of service that they're going to receive and how I can guarantee those points of service for everyone. I love that. And the one thing that I love that you have done with your career is you've taken past experiences, past professions or industries, you've incorporated to the experience that you create for your patients. You know, sometimes as eye care professionals, we get a little lost in the sauce because we just think eye care. 
but the secret sauce is really thinking, what are other folks doing that's creating value to their industry? And you have become a master of that and taken from, you know, the other two things that you love and brought it to one and really have helped to elevate the patient experience in your practice. Now, before we jump into this experience, you mentioned something. You own a practice. You're an optician as well, right? And you own a practice. So I really love to kind of break that down because you don't meet too many opticians that actually own a practice. You know, where did that come from? Tell us kind of how that process worked, because there may be some folks out there listening that want to do the same thing. So if you don't mind sharing that story. Sure. So um, I knew uh, pretty early on that I wanted to own my own practice and really managing opticals is the best pathway to that. So if there's another optician out there that's like, you know, one day I would want to uh, own my own practice, um, definitely, you know, um, look for you know, jobs where you can be an optical manager or be promoted to manager. Um, and, you know, think about that in terms of future, your future as well. You don't want to, you know, um, it, it's really best to um, manage for a practice that's either got going to have some distance from wherever you're going to open from so that you're not like next door neighbor competitors in the future or someone, someone who's very collaborative in that way that you could kind of, you know, foresee some kind of bridge between you in, in the future. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, certain like politics about it. You know, you want to make sure that you are, you know, protecting the practice that you're managing and, and, and their clients, you know, for instance, um, I would even recommend uh, optometrists and opticians, you know, sometimes even having a, contract in place about that, you know, about, Hey, like, you know, our clients are, you know, here. And then if you, if you go out and do your own thing, then you're kind of, you know, starting your own thing at that point, instead of like taking all our clients with you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do any, you know, bad politics or anything. I had a cold start, you know, whenever I started my practice. Um, So yeah, there's there's definitely things to be thoughtful about, mindful about, um, but for sure uh, management was the, the pathway for me to opening my own practice. So I've, I've managed practices for about five years before starting my own practice, opening about five years ago. And then I was an optician for a year before I became a manager. So about 11 years total experience now. Uh, and I also I became an optical consultant during my management career. So during my management career, which encompassed Nashville and uh, Santa Monica as well. So I managed a practice out there as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, during that time I would get, you know, questions from different practice owners or different eye doctors about how to better manage their opticals. Uh, so yeah, so I, I still do, uh, consulting. If anyone's interested in giving me a shout about consulting, be happy to talk to you. First consultation is free. Um, and, um, I also, um, I guess I would recommend, uh, just to get, you know, if someone else is wanting to be an optical owner and the, is an optician, I would say getting your getting your exams and everything done as soon as possible, just starting to chip away at that. Um, I actually did the three-year apprenticeship program okay. in um, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so Tennessee uh, gives you the option to, to become licensed as an optician while you're working. So while I was, you know, in the midst of my optical management career, I was also uh, chipping away at my license. And then of course, once you're licensed, then you can own your own practice. Nice. And I know it's different in every state, I'm pretty sure, but it's good to know that um, in Tennessee, you know, this is something that can take place. Um, Something that's kind of been the theme of the entire conversation so far 
has really been the experience, right? Your experience in your um, optical helped shape your experience for what you're doing today. Your experience with your previous jobs have helped shape who you are today. So let's jump into the actual experience, right? You know, what does that experience look like in your practice? I mean, you know, this is something, in my personal opinion, patients come in and yes, they want to be able to see, but they also want to create the ultimate experience. So when they leave, they feel like their lives have been impacted, right? And they're going to be these walking billboards that's going to go out and talk about how great that experience was at the end of the day. So maybe if you can kind of paint the picture of what that experience looks like in your office, maybe that patient journey, because I'm ready to take notes as I always do. That way I can go to work tomorrow, or I don't even call it work, go to my eye care family tomorrow and make an impact and make a change. So let's talk about the experience in your practice. Sure. Yeah. So um, again, this is something that's very heavily informed by my service industry experience. And when you look at the service industry, whether you're talking about restaurants or hotels, yeah. each place will have something called points of service. You know, what are the points of service that you offer? You know, let's say you're a hotel and one of your points of service is uh, valet parking. Um, let's say you're at a restaurant and one of their points of service that they offer is uh, wine service. You know, someone will, you know, um, uh, uncork that wine bottle for you. They'll, they'll show you the label and they'll talk about, you know, um, the tasting notes of the wine. Um, so we really don't talk that way enough yet in the optical industry. We don't talk about points of service and we don't have a mainstream advertising of fast service and fine service. And I really would hope to, you know, kind of spearhead that or encourage that or, you know, hopefully start a movement of describing the optical service in that way, because we really get caught up with talking about product in our right. industry, you know, oh, this product or that product or this brand or that brand. And if you have this product, then you'll have this experience. Or if you have this product, then it's good. Everything's going to be perfect. And we, we know as opticians and optometrists that really, when you look at what's going on, it's really the service that is being provided on those glasses that defines the experience. So today in this talk, we're going to talk about the experience that your customer and your patient feels when they're in your office. But then we also want to talk about the experience uh, that they're going to have when they leave your office. Yes. They're going to be wearing that on their face for a year or for many years or for the rest of their life, you know, so they, they really, you know, they need, you need to really main, make sure that you're creating a wearable experience that they're going to wear outside of your office. Um, so, yeah, so points of service, uh, you know, for instance, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, um, you know, fine, fine service and, and fast service, you know, your points of service are going to be different. Uh, for those different types of modes. And here's the thing is you can do both in your practice. So I would say most of the high volume optical shops or high volume optometry offices or, or high volume um, corporate offices are mostly offering fast service. And okay. what that is that's kind of more to do with your, um, you know, uh, letting people have the ability to self-shop, you know, okay. like work, work it on the boards. You know, they might be trying some stuff on on their own. 
Um, there, you know, you might, you might talk about that in terms of time. You might say that the whole entire experience or transaction can take place in about, you know, 15 minutes or let's say 25 minutes, something like that. Um, you know, there's, there's other, there's, you, we can go kind of deeper, um, into fast service and why it's not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of people, if offered fine service versus fast service, same as food, some people are going to choose the fast service and it's, it's important to have that and to offer that. Uh, but then let's get into fine service. Okay. So now we're getting into more of a situation where it would be much better to work with an appointment based system, not necessarily appointment only. And I think that our industry also gets caught into a black and white situation here with oh, you know, I can't be by appointment only. I've just got too many people popping out of the exam room every, you know, 15 minutes and I got all these walk-ins and I just would, I could, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would lose business if I, if I were to turn people away and say, no, we have to make an appointment first. That's okay. You can have one or two opticians just being rock solid on the appointments. Right at their desk or in this area of the optical or just you just organize your um, appointments a certain way. And then the other opticians can carry the fast service. You know? I like, so, yeah. I love, or, I love that. That, that makes yeah. perfect sense because then you're really, you're really creating an experience for everyone that walks through the door. Right. right. Because everyone's going to be served the way that they want to. But to you know our, our mighty friend out there, Warren Marlin, um, you know elevate delivery of service to a stage experience. You got to just be able to read that patient that comes in, and that's something that's going to take a team effort, right? From your front desk to your uh, technician to the doctor, you know they need to be able to read that patient and really understand that patient's needs and wants and desires. That way, when they go to the optical floor. Um, they're able to communicate to the team member, this is the type of experience that this patient wants. And I can tell by X or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever it may be. But I like that hybrid approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the most applicable approach to, to most practices. You know, maybe, you know, you can't, you might not be able to do a full on uh, white glove service or, you know, fine service 100% practice, but, you know, you know, you, or you might be like 80% fast service, 20% fine service. Right, you know? right. So by, by defining the service a different way, you can really start to do some beautiful things in your practice. So for instance, I, I don't charge for a fine service, but I do uh, ask for a $75 down payment on the glasses if you have a fine service session. Because the other thing that we do at Chart Optical is we do not pressure anybody to buy glasses during that session. Some people need more time to think about it. Some people have to go and you know talk to their wife afterwards and, and show them the pictures from their session. Some people have to work something out with their insurance. You know, not everybody is ready to purchase. And because I am able to um, take that down payments where my time was, uh, you know, compensated um, because that that's just a service charge. Service charges are basically built into glasses, you know. Um, so what happens is that when they are ready to purchase, uh, they can actually experience something where it's it's 
they basically are put down payment. So it's $75 cheaper, you know, once they get into the actual purchase, which just kind of feels good to them and it feels good to the practice as well. Um, so that we're capturing uh, what we, you know, gave out on the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and I would love to see insurance companies in the future create a V code for these services of an optician. There's not um, a, a, a way to bill for that yet. But don't wait for insurance to do it. You can do it yourself and just say, hey, look, this is actually free. Um, it's just a down payment on your glasses. Um, and so whenever you are ready, then it's going to go towards your next pair. And you can make it to where it never expires or however you and want to do it. Next question. I wanted to dig a little deeper. If someone comes in and, I mean, you know, we don't have everything for everyone, right? They mm -hmm. may walk into your practice and say, I'm not finding the right frame. What happens to that $75? Is that something that's refunded back to the patient? Or being that you've actually sat down and spent that time, you know, they have the opportunity to come back and, you know, try to find something, or is it something that you actually give back, being that you're unable to service them? Yeah, you know, I tell people that for my practice, it is refundable. I tell them if you decide you're not going to buy glasses from my practice, then absolutely, we can, we can just let us know and we'll refund that. Um, in the five years of my practice, I have never had anyone ask for a refund in that way. Um, I've had one person ask for it to be refunded, but it was because they got into a very, um, luckily they, they, they were physically safe, but they got into a car accident where they, it was a financial disaster for them. Right. Um, right. So but Hey, uh, remember when I was there a few days ago and I, I thought I was going to get glasses? Well, Glasses are not in the cards for me anymore because I have to pay all this money um, because of this car accident I had. I said, absolutely, that's totally fine. Here's your $75 back, no worries. You know, And she's still a patient at my practice, but just that time, it was just not a good time for her to um, to do glasses. So yeah, you can, you can decide to make it refundable or you can decide that for your practice that it's non-refundable. And so, and it's really important to define what your points of service are. Like, what are they getting uh, for that $75? Well, I, I love this concept. And the thing that I love about it quite a bit is you truly do create more of a premium experience, right? Um, people always pay premium for premium products and premium services, right? I just think about myself. I love Apple products. So I pay more money for those products. I love Starbucks. So I pay more money for Starbucks. I love Delta, first class, Delta Comfort Plus. So I pay more money for those services, right? Or for um, those experiences. So why can't we bring that to eye care, right? And there are right. patients out there that want these premium experiences and services as well. Because when you think about it, when you buy glasses, it's one of those things that's gonna change your life, right? When you want this experience to be memorable, you are helping people see, you are helping people look good. You know, uh, something that we say over at My Eye Doctor is that vision is everything. And it truly is. So why not create that experience that's going to give that patient that amazing experience day in and day out uh, when they get their eyewear, that they can experience that when they're choosing and selecting those options. Now, we've all experienced that fast uh, point of service. I want to kind of dig a little deeper into this fine service, right, or this fine touch point. I'm a patient. I come in. I pay my 75 I sit down in your optical. What happens from there? Sure. So our points of service actually happen before you're even in the chair. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's, let's take it from the beginning then. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's, 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 let's go, go back. Go there. 
<laughs> Walk me through the experience of the patient journey. Sure, sure. So um, at my practice, uh, you know, the eye doctor that we refer to is down the street. And so the optical um, is strictly just the optical experience. It's not competing with the medical traffic. Uh, but again, this is something that, that can work in an all-in-one. Uh, but because we're separate, you know, my patients have the choice of eye doctor and I actually help them with the scheduling. So no matter if they have a favorite eye doctor or if they have a specific, let's say they have a, a condition with their retina and they see a, a retinal specialist and they have to go see that eye doctor, you know, so I, I, I become a helper with, you know, whatever they need in terms of their overall eye care. And that includes, you know, their, their optometrist or their ophthalmologist. Um, so keep that in mind too, that sometimes your patient um, is going to need to be a mutual patient of another practice. And it's, re it's a really great point of service to be able to accommodate them uh, in their total eye care experience and to not make them feel like you're jealous of the other provider or that you're not going to help them when it comes to that cross communication. Um, so that's something that I do immediately is that, um, I, you know, I schedule, you know, I do schedule their eye exam. I help them with that process. I do help them learn about their vision insurance. Their my practice, basically the patient experience is that they are in network for the um, eye exam. And then even though I'm technically out of network for the glasses, um, I do educate my clients on their um, insurance and I get, I get them to download their app, like the you know, BSP app, IMED app. I inform them on their insurance so that they are not losing any of their benefits. Right. So I do in my practice, another point of service is that I offer an in-house vision care plan and it's called Vizzy. So Vizzy actually is doing um, price matching with uh, the vision insurance copay, you know, the copays and the, you know, the insurance discounts. And so we're already right there, not only matching that, but, you know, pair after pair year after year, uh, they're getting that pricing. Um, you you can't really do that if you are in network. You're not supposed to, you know, because uh, so check check into what your specific situation is to right. see whether or not you can do that. In Tennessee, provide health providers are allowed to have their own in-house care plans. That was actually a bill that was signed into law and passed. It was only a few years ago that that was made very clear that we're allowed to do that. And then secondly, if you are in network with insurance, you often, if you look, you, you've signed contracts saying that you know, hey. People that are in network at this pricing, people that are out, out of network, it's it's the usual and customary. Right. Um, so since I'm not in that, I'm able to offer that discounted pricing um, for everyone. Um, so that's a point of service. Um, so, yeah, and then helping, uh, you know, people become very strong and educated on their benefits using their out of network benefits. Another point of service here at Chart Optical is that I process they're out of network insurance claims with them and for them, they're usually doing it themselves on their app, but I'm guiding them so that, you know, some of that insurance jargon is a little confusing to them. So I just make sure that they get it done. If they have to, if they can't get it done while they're in my practice, I tell them we can set up a zoom meeting or, or phone meeting and I can help you walk through that process. So you make sure you're capturing your benefits every single year. Um, another point of service is um, 
we go over their current collection. So let's say now they are in the chair, okay. right? This is one of the first things that I do. And so I, and so I tell them, you know, when I'm making the appointment or, you know, when they get an email confirmation or they're on the phone, I tell them, bring in all of your old glasses. I'm talking even sunglasses, computer glasses, bring it all. I want to see it all. Yeah. I tell them, I want to see it because first of all, you get a free adjustment. You know, you might get some free nose pads replaced while you're here, you know, just bring it for the free adjustment. But we also like to do an overview. And the reason we do an overview is because it's like what Bob Marley said. If you know your history, then you would know where you're coming from. Nice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the musician side coming out of you, right? Musician vibe. I'm not mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) So look, if you if you don't know where your patient is coming from, how are you gonna know where they're going to? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And also the piece that I love about this, and this is you know gonna be geared towards my ODs out there um, that actually have opticals in their offices that you should have that done for every single patient that walks through your door. Yeah. I mean, imagine a patient coming in and they're used to having computer glasses every year, but you don't even touch on that. You don't even have that conversation about that. Mm-hmm. How much of a loss is that? How much are you taking away from that ultimate experience, right? To your point, you got to know where they're coming for, from in order to move forward, right? right? And even thinking about when they get to the eyewear consultant, the optician, and they're having that conversation and they're building with each other and say... They want to get multiple pairs, but maybe the frame price is just a little too much. Why can't we reuse one of those frames that they currently have right there to get them all the options that they want? Because they already have the frame there. There's been so many times that I've had patients come in and they're like, oh, man, I left my frames at home, Dr. Glover. Uh, but I want to get that computer pair. but I don't want to buy a new frame. If you haven't bring them all at the exam, then you have an easier way to um, have that conversation, but make it easier for the patient so they don't have to go all the way back home and come all the way back in and get that second pair of glasses as well. So I love this. And if they do forget it, you can ask them, can you show me a picture of you wearing it? And sometimes they'll go into their Facebook and they're like, yeah, this is it right here. And so you can, you can tell that it gives you a lot of information, even just from the picture. And then you ask them, how old is it? You know, and then they might say, oh, it's from, you know, such and such budget collection from eight years ago. And then yeah. you already know. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I wouldn't recommend putting lenses in that one again because you just told me that the age and something about the manufacturer. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Don't have to have it. I love having it in my hands and having them try it on. Um, you'll, you'll find, you know, you'll find out whether or not they've been opting in to anti-glare or polarization, or you can, you know, do your little verification with your anti-blue light pen and see if there's really anti-blue light. I've done that and found out actually there was not anti-blue light protection when they thought that there was. And so you can pick up on what went wrong and what went right before. So what went right, you want to keep that going. It's like they they already experienced a good, something good before and you want to keep that rolling. If they had a bad experience, you want to avoid that at all costs. You want to avoid that at all costs. And you want to make sure everyone on your team knows about that as well. And that's something that I love to do whenever I do a handoff to my eyewear consultant or optician is really break down that they had a bad experience and whatever it may be, um, they have come to us because they've heard that we're great and that we can find the right solutions for them and kind of build from there. Now, something that I want to kind of pivot to and jump into more of is really 
you know, when that patient's sitting in that chair and you're having this conversation, you're having that dialogue, what does it look like outside of the frames that they brought into your office? What does it look like when it comes to finding the right frame solution? Right. When it comes to finding the right lens solution. Maybe if you could walk us through what it looks like when you're doing this fine way of um, approaching the patient. Yeah. So this is another thing that my patients really are thrilled about is that because I am doing fine service by appointment and I'm doing my intake information beforehand, um, I am already starting them off with a small collection of eyewear that's already been curated for them. Oh, okay. When they hit the table, they've got frames looking at them that are meant for them. Nice. In terms of size, nice. style, maybe they told me something about what colors of frames they're looking for. It Sometimes as I'm booking people, let's say they're, they're booking kind of last minute they, and they didn't have time to tell me all that. I will just, I'll just put a little teaser tray of different shapes and sizes and just have something to start with. But usually I've actually got real information yeah. about what to start them with. So that's another thing that's unique to, you know, fine service. Um, and just the guided tour through the eyewear is that would, that would be something else that's, you know, unique to fine service or white glove service. So, um, so yeah, they're not trying things on alone. Um, I like to compare that to an experience I have. I was 10 years old. I went to the, the Coca-Cola factory in Atlanta where we just were. <laughs> um, and I, as a child, I didn't know what some of those flavors were. There was the flavors, most of them were named, but I didn't know what most of those flavors were at that age. And so I was trying little tiny cups of Coca-Cola, not knowing what, what was about to happen. Right. Something was, got swallowed that was like, whoa, that, that tastes terrible. <laughs> so that's the experience that you can avoid when you've got a guided tour with a great optician. Is well, that but, but May, but May, let me, and maybe there's more to it, right? So mm -hmm. I, I get, you get that information ahead of time and maybe they'll send you pictures, but you know, the one thing that we never want to do is judge someone when they walk into our office. So how do you, you know, bring different frames to the table in regards to price points, right? I mean, yeah. is there a survey that you ask or do you bring, you know, a little bit of everything to the table? What does that look like for those that may want to implement this into their practice? Yeah, I boldly place every price point on the table. We, we start there, you know, and, and, and it gives me an opportunity to talk about craftsmanship from the beginning. Gotcha. You know, so I tell people, hey, this is our budget collection. Um, you know, that is more mass produced. Um, so we are using kind of more like metal alloys um, where over time, it, you know, it, it might corrode after a year or a few years. And if they've shown me their collection, I, I can compare it. You know, like this one that you got, that's a mass produced nice. collection. This nice. is what to expect. And then I tell them, you know, uh, give them that craftsmanship over you all the way up to my luxury collections. So I have budget, ultra budget, affordable, affordable luxury, and luxury collections gotcha. all the way 
up to where we're talking like a thousand to two thousand dollars per frame just for the frame if they want something that's gold plated and you know uh diamond studded etc you're, you're, you're fancy over there i see <laughs> <laughs> we got that nice stuff over here <laughs> so, so it sounds like it's it's a tier system in a way so i like to have something from all those four tiers on on the table immediately and it, it it starts a conversation to where i know how they feel about each thing so they might get really excited about the luxury collections or they might say mm, that's just not my style that's too flashy for me right uh right. and so it, it it tells me how to how to guide them through the rest of the eyewear in that first teaser tray i become so intelligent about right. who they are in eyewear that then they get to be impressed with the rest of that fine service eyewear session where they're like, oh my gosh, like she, she knows me, she gets me, she understands me. So, you know, based on whether they tell me like, you know what, I just, I don't want to really look at metal frames or I only want to look at this mid range collection or, you know, just whatever they tell me, I'm honoring that feedback. And if I deviate, if I see something where they said no metal and then I'm just, but I'm like, Oh, this, yeah. I, I know you said no metal, but this one is just so good for your face shape. And I just right. want to, I just want to rule it out and just tell me, you know, so it's not like I can't go against, you know, what they right. originally did. Right. But, but you're not purposely just going and grabbing a bunch of frames that they're not a fan of. Right. So right. let me ask you this. Cause I want to break this down a little more. I want to get a little more granular with this thing, if you don't mind. So when you have that tray in front of them with, these different items or these different levels, um, do you let them first touch the frames and pick the one that they gravitate uh, gravitate the most, or do you start the conversation off and hand them the frame? Like, how does that conversation go? How do you guide yourself through it? Because I know you're going to go with whatever they say, but is it just here's the tray and they pull a mid-level one out and then you start building off of that, or what does that look like in more detail? Yeah, so I do tray presentation. So similar to what you experience as a practice owner at Vision Expo, yeah. you know, that's how your frame reps do it. That's how your frame reps sell you products. So I, I look at that and I'm like, I don't want to change anything. I love that. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, I, I did the first time I did the trade presentation with one of my uh, VIP clients. Um, listen, this dude's got a lot of money but when i when i opened up that tray that satin tray and i did this whole you know white glove presentation he sat up straight and he was like i feel like a rich person <laughs> <laughs> so i tell people tray presentation is like the way jewelers you know, present jewelry and it, right. it feels nice so yeah there are some times whenever what i'm showing them is 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 just one piece and then there's a tray of other things right and so yeah. what i don't always show it to them like that sometimes i'm just taking out of the tray like this and so they sometimes they only see what i choose to show right. them and again it's that it's that thing that i'm trying to prevent that happened at the coca-cola factory i right. i want to create exper an experience where everything they try on is meant for them gotcha. and they might even love everything that they try on you know, so that's the goal, you know. So if they do see the tray or if I want to ask them, like, do you see anything else in this tray that you'd like to try on before I move on? Um, they might point at something first that I don't really agree with. They might say, well, what about this one? I might say, 
that's really the wrong bridge fit for you. Or I might say, um, well, the reason why I wasn't going to show you that is that you said you wanted a progressive. And so that's only got about 25 millimeters right. you know, for the B height, which is you know, the height. Um, so I, and so usually when I tell them the feedback, that's when it's not right, they listen. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't well, want to. I, I think, and I love that because you're not just telling them that frame sucks. That frame is ugly. Mm -hmm. You're bringing out the technical piece of that's not going to fit your bridge. The height of that frame is not it's not enough depth there for you to have an effective progressive. Um, that material, um, due to your skin, is going to eat it up. So maybe you need a titanium um, a frame or, or you know something like that. So you're really getting granular with them in regards to why you didn't pick that option rather than just saying, eh, I didn't think it was going to look too good on you. And I think that creates a different level of um, expertise, a different level of an experience because you're really showing yourself as the expert. Unlike if you go online and you purchase a pair of glasses, no one's going to tell you that. Right. You know, patients don't even know what the numbers mean on the frames, right? And they don't even know um, how that frame will look on them. Yes, we got the virtual options that are out there, but we all know there's nothing like being in person and popping that frame on your face and seeing what it looks like and how it hits your skin tone and bridge as well, right? Right. Yeah. You don't want to be disrespectful to the patient. You don't want to be disrespectful to your collection. You know, like I'm yeah. very proud of having a, a very carefully curated collection. I like so that. If I tell someone that this frame's not right for you, uh, it just, it, it, it is, however, the perfect frame for someone else. Right. You know, and, so that, and that's how I want them to perceive my collection. It's not like I'm over here with a bunch of stuff that doesn't work. It's just that right. I'm, I'm helping you make sure that you get the right one for you. Um, and this is another reason, a big reason why I started my own practice so that I could work the way that I work and I could provide the points of service that I wanted. Because there, there was a time, you know, when I was told, hey, if somebody's ready to swipe their credit card on a frame that they like, you let them do it. Like yeah. you let them buy that frame. It doesn't matter if there's, you know, something a little off with their whatever. And I'm looking at them like, uh. <laughs> I'm just like, Never. I was like, Never I'm ever gonna... take advantage of a patient. Always no. just like they're your loved one or a significant other. And you'll never have to worry about a thing ever in your life. That is the wrong way to approach things. Yeah, you gotta you gotta show integrity and yeah. let the client know. Like if there's something that's not perfect for them, just educate them about it, and yeah. it will it will gain trust. And then they're really gonna listen to you for your very next recommendation. Yeah, no, you know? I love this. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking. Um, you know, when we used to have frame reps come into the office or when I had my practice out in Nigeria um, and I'll be here talking to frame reps or going to a show, when they pulled out, you know, that, that case of frames and the way they just opened it and just looked at it, or to your point, I couldn't see what was behind there, but they were pulling out frames. It just created a different experience. I felt like I was royalty. I felt like, you know, I was, I was someone, I was somebody. I just felt like I was on another level, right? So when you're talking about experience, when you're able to pull those out rather than go to a frame board that everyone has touched everything on, that really creates that ultimate experience. And that's what we need to bring to our practice to improve that optical experience. Again, what are we doing to think outside of the box? What are we doing that they were doing 50 years ago? Why are we still doing uh, things the same way? Why are we not elevating the experience? Why are, not, why are we not being more educated about 
why a frame doesn't fit a person well. Why do we feel comfortable selling a patient a frame that doesn't fit their face? We as eye care professionals have to do a better job. And when you look at this fast and this uh, fine service, these touch points, this is something that we can create a hybrid approach, but really cater to that patient that sits in front of us. And may you have really given us some fantastic tips. Now I wanna kind of pivot away from frames and talk about what this looks like when it comes to lens solutions. Because lens solutions, in my personal opinion, is what truly can elevate the experience for the patient when it comes to being able to see. Yes, it's something that, you know, when it comes to frames, we want them to look fly, fresh, handsome, beautiful, amazing, excellent. I can go on and on with different adjectives, but we want them to see sharper and clearer. So I would really love to learn, you know, what this looks like for you, because if you're doing out of network, you know, what, what, what lens solutions are you using? I'm curious to know how that works and all that other jazz, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, sure. I, I mainly order from the Shamir lens portfolio. I've had a really good experience with it. I get a lot of great patient feedback. Um, Shamir is now uh, part owned by Essilor. Um, so there is you know, kind of a, a, a family situation going on there now. Um, I think they actually now have complete ownership on them. I think they purchased yeah, the yeah. was set not too long ago, a couple of years ago. Right. I could be wrong. If anybody on here is listening from Essilor Shamir, please uh, tap in and let us know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just mean, you know, a lot of the same team, a lot of the same yeah. team players and, and reps and stuff are, are still there, you know, that that were there before the, the merger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I do really have a, a good experience with that um, lens portfolio. And, um, you know, they often pioneered a lot of the first, you know, some of the first lens technology, like, you know, digital lenses and, you um, colorless anti-blue, you know, th things like that. Um, so yeah, I have great experience with them. Uh, and then uh, my uh, primary lens lab is Cherry Optical in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I have a really good experience with them. Uh, very, um, really good timelines, um, uh, really good quality um, and uh, predictability. Um, you know, basically like if if uh, if the prescription's off, something's wrong with your lensometer, basically. So, yeah, and no, I have a great, great experience with them. Um, good good pricing, too. Um, so, yeah, um, I trust them and uh, trust Shamir. And it, sometimes, though, a, a patient will have um, a request, you know, special request for um, a certain lens brand, and I can accommodate that. Nice. You know, I, don't, I don't mind you know, uh, taking requests. I will say that, you know, whenever I was an optical manager in Santa Monica, that's a market where people were coming in asking, they knew, they knew not only what frame brands they loved, they knew what lens brands and lens designs that they loved. Yeah. So that was a more, you know, educated, you know, maybe high maintenance clientele, <laughs> uh, but that really made me a better optician, you know, rising to the challenge of yeah. uh, an educated uh, market. Um, so yeah, so I think um, it's nice if you have the ability to be flexible. Um, this is one reason why I, I choose to be uh, out of network for the glasses is I, I don't like to be restricted on what I can and can't order, um, which can happen sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes uh, with insurance, you might be limited to a certain lens brand or you might be um, limited to certain colors of transitions or you might, you know, like you, you might... Um, you might offer something to a client and then you go to bill it and you're like, oh, no, it's, it's not 
that right. awesome thing wasn't covered and now the client's going to be upset that, you know, so yeah, I just like to, to know for sure. Like, I, like I can just do, I can, I, I can't like freedom, right? Because you want to be able to find the perfect uh, solution for that patient that's sitting in front of you and not be restricted on it. Right. Because I mean, right. I think all of us as eye care professionals have experienced that. And it's something that, you know, we, we want to make sure our patient has the best option uh, to accommodate their lifestyle, but sometimes insurance holds us back. Now, I want to kind of dig a little deeper into this, but not go too far. Sure. With the frames, you had more of a tiered way of how you presented it. When it comes to the lens technology, is it the same way of how you present it? So it's, um, you know, the eyewear is kind of almost more like a game board, you know, and it has right. these very specific way, this way that we go about the board and the, the way that we uh, pare down, you know, and it's fun and it's guided and, you know, um, the lenses is more of a menu presentation. Okay. So it's the same as when you go to a restaurant and that they're like, here's the, here's what we have to offer. Yeah, here's the, the previous profession coming in, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and you can have fun with this, you know, I mean, just, just think about like different restaurants you've been to and some, some of them are leather bound. Some of them you could do it with glass with like real silver on the edges of the glass. You know, you could do it. You could have it be digital. You could have it be yeah. on an iPad. You know, there, you know, you can really just get creative with your own branding on how you want to do lens menu presentation. Um, and people are, you know, really um, not only wowed by the professional presentation, but they also feel relieved that they're not going to be overwhelmed because of the way I do it and that the way I would encourage you to do it. So I give them a very, I have a very concise one page lens menu and it covers everything that I, I do. Um, so single vision, and this plays into um, my branding, uh, is that the next section is cord vision, C-H-O-R-D. So S-V and C-V. Okay. Uh, so I call it cord vision uh, as far as multifocal because uh, a lot of people don't like that word. They don't like the word presbyopia. They don't like the word multifocal. They don't like the word bifocal. Um, so I have a more palatable word for it, just coordinate. I, like I love the creativity. And shout out to uh, Jade on LinkedIn that said that she loves the creativity as well. I mean, this profession is a, you know, we're, we're creators. We're, we're, uh, we're artistic. We, you know, we create vibes. We create experiences for our patients. So mm -hmm. I love that you're thinking outside of the box and getting the yeah. patient to buy in. Yeah, I'm a musician, so a chord to me is like a piano chord. I play piano, so you know it's multiple numerical values at one time. Whereas single vision is like one note, right? If you're singing one note, like a singer or a trumpet player, you got one note at a time. That's single vision. But if you've got chord vision, now you're dealing with multiple numerical values at once. That's like a chord. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Again, experiences, right? Previous experiences shaping your future and how you move with the patients. I love it. I yeah. Love it. And I just give them a very concise package. It's already preloaded with premium anti-glare coating, two-year warranty, UV, you know, scratch coat, all, all, everything's already loaded. Yeah. Um, so then I also don't sell CR39 and I don't offer polycarbonate. Sometimes I have to do polycarbonate because of what you know, transitions color they want to do or something's going on where it limits me there. But for the most part, I start at Tribex 
And then um, I have you know two options for high index if they want it to be thinner. Um, so really every single client is just looking at a couple different options, right? Okay. So yeah. If it's single vision, we've got the digital wave lens and the digital world lens. Digital wave is like a sound wave or an ocean wave. It's just kind of, you know, it's simple. Uh, the right. digital world is like, we're opening up the whole world to you. <laughs> so digital world is something more like a Shamir relax or like an Essilor Eisen lens uh, to where you're going to, you just have more functionality and it's doing more for you. Um, I sell that for $50 more. Um, so when they're looking at that package pricing, um, you know, they're just seeing that the, the price difference in those call. It's just very simple columns, just exactly the way you would expect a bar menu to look, right. you know, like, right. okay, here, here's the whiskeys. Here's the vodkas, you know, and, and so it just looks very clean and presentable. So all they really have to choose is do you want these extra features or these extra, you know, technological enhancements and how thin do you want it? Yeah. You know? And that's really and some people are not even going to be eligible for the high index because their prescription's so low. So they're really yeah. going to have the one choice for the Tribex. And so for the progressives, again, I just give them three options and they move in increments of a hundred dollars. Okay. So if you want to do the cheapest one, it's going to be more of a generic package. So a generic, um, you know, like a lab brand, for instance, um, progressive with a lab branded um, anti-glare coating. Still okay. good. Still got the two-year warranty. I'm still trying to make sure people are in the good stuff. You know, they would really have to twist my arm to try and downgrade or something. That really doesn't happen very often. I'm not selling like standard anti-glare coatings or like more basic products. I'm up here in the premium products, like on right. every person. Um, so that's it. Yeah, they they just have very small choices and then a very short list for the add-ons. You know, if they want anti-blue light or transitions. And so it's a very pleasant, very concise experience. I don't overwhelm them with like, I remember my first job as an optician, there was just this big binder and it had laminated pages and there was 50 pages and you have to go through all these different products to figure out what they're going to choose. And it's just, it's, that's just too overwhelming and too unpleasant. You know, it's better to, to make it an experience like we're talking about. And I love that with, with the, the breakdown of the lenses, it's kind of like a mini, right? And we all go out to eat. So when we see something that's similar to something that we're used to, it makes it an easier conversation, right? It's not something that's too overwhelming. Um, so keeping it simple can really go a long way. Right. Now, I have a question for you. Um, I want to kind of circle back to something you touched on. You mentioned two-year warranty. That's a long time, right? So when you, when you say that, it makes me wonder how frequently are your patients coming back into your office? Because you're not controlling the exam, right? So how do you get your patients to always come back? Do you have a reminder card that you send out where you're helping your optometrist or whoever's doing the eye exam to, to get the, uh, the folks back into the office to get their exams? But how do you keep tabs of making sure these patients come back every year? Yeah, it's really important to remind people that they're due for their annual exam. And so, you know, reminding them about that and then reminding them that it's also to check their health. It's not right. just about the glasses prescription. I really stress that with my clients that um, 
really want to know if there's anything medically wrong with your eyes or, you know, there's so many different eye diseases, eye viruses, and I'm not trying to scare you, but I just, just go ahead and get that screening done. You know, whether or not your prescription has changed, that's like secondary to, I want, I want that health check done for you first and foremost. Um, so yeah, sure enough. Some, sometimes people will, you know, tell me like, you know, Hey, I, I don't, you know, my, my prescription hasn't changed that much. And I, you know, I don't need, uh, my, my glasses that you sold me are rocking. They're awesome. Yeah. I don't need anything right now. And right. that's fine. Like, you know, they, rather than selling them two basic pairs, two years in a row, they did the premium pair the one time and that's fine. It's the same amount of money. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm losing anything. Um, but I would, I will say that like, just from a business perspective, it's, it's not only, important for the experience the awesome experience of the patient it's important for your business too to encourage them to get into a collection and you know when you have you know a person with any kind of you know life at all like if they're working if they're you know going outside at all you know like um they 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 really do need to get into a multiple pair situation and if you did a good job yeah, if you did a good job of doing that current collection overview, then you not only know what's going on with the pairs you sold them, but you know what's going on with the pairs before. So when you do that recall, you can say, hey, I'm looking at your file and you know your notes about your current collection. How's that um, old sunglass doing that you mentioned? Because I know you said that at the time um, it was doing okay. Is it still doing well? Or do you feel like you need another sunglass? at this point. So when you, when you're dealing with a collection, again, you gotta, you gotta have good notes. I use yeah. pictures. I have pictures for everything. I have pictures of them wearing all the frames that they liked, the ones that they didn't buy. So I know what to move them to next um, and what, what their preferences are. Um, and I have pictures of their old collection. Nice. So I can, I can look at that old picture. I can say, Hey, I know that, you mentioned, you know, and I see in this picture, you've got corrosion on that hinge. And so and we talked about how it could go at any moment. So Absolutely. do you want to do a new backup? Do you want to have a, like a strong backup pair so we can kind of remedy that situation? Because you got the two-year warranty over here. Your warranties are really yeah. strong. So I want you to be in a strong backup pair because your warranties are so strong here. The moment that anything happens to your main pair, I need you to be in your backup pair. Yeah. So getting people into a collection is um, it's it's better for your bottom line, but it's also better for the, the patient. They're they're going to have a better experience and live in live this awesome glasses life with their multiple pairs. Yeah. And, you know, educate them that way. So and yeah. you 100 percent. I mean, I, I do a day in and day out. I prescribe solutions for whatever pain points that my patients experience. Right. If they live in front of the computer. And I'm going to write out a computer progressive or computer single vision. I'm going to have the right blue light protection, the right no glare option. If they spend a lot of time outdoors, we're going to talk about sunglasses, sunglasses that wrap or sunglasses that has a bigger face, bigger temple, something that's going to give them the ultimate protection, right? But I'm going to accommodate their lifestyle, make sure they have the true solution that they need to get through day uh, through their daily activities. Um, this is all great. I love this, um, you know, and I, I also want to push. You know, every year when those patients come in, annual eye exams. We got to have those annual eye exams. So continue to partner with your 
optometrists that you're working with to make sure that we get those patients in those chairs every year to the point that you brought up. We got to check the aqua health. Your eyes tell so much that's going on with the body that you want to make sure that that patient is living a healthy life, right? But then also we're able to take, you know, what we find with those eyes and find the right frame and lens solutions to accommodate some of those medical conditions that we may run into. Now, May, I could talk to you all day. This has been a fantastic conversation. But before we leave, I really want to, you know, just kind of give you the floor. And, you know, is there one thing, one pearl, one piece of information that you love for all the people out there that are listening or watching this on YouTube? You know, what would be that one pearl that you like for them to take and always do day in and day out or start tomorrow? Yeah, um, I would say it's as a practice owner, um, it's really important to have a mentor or a consultant. You know, I know it can feel really lonely. Entrepreneurship can feel really lonely. And so, you know, I love, for instance, you know, supporting um, other opticals and other optometry offices as a consultant. Um, if you mention this podcast, I'll give you half off of the first uh, paid session. And the first session is always free anyway. Um, so, yeah, having a mentor. I have a mentor. You know, uh, Julia Gagosha is my mentor. And she's oh, good. She's the truth out in L.A. Um, look, she's. When I first got heavy into eye care or eyewear, I would just stalk her Instagram feed or Facebook feed just to see what she would put out. When you talk about someone that just has incredible taste and like, I think she can close her eyes and just feel someone's face and fit them with the perfect frame option. I mean, she is that good. And I got to get her on the show. We were supposed to do this many, many months ago, but yeah. she's through. So I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to holler at her and get her on. So I'm glad that you brought her up. But sorry to cut you off. But she's a guru and an encyclopedia, yeah, when it comes to glasses. Yeah, so no she's doubt. so inspirational. Um, I love her. Um, so, yeah, it's just great. to. It's really important to have, like, a North Star, you know, someone guiding you. So just, you know, a team player that, you know, can um, help you on your journey. Uh, for sure. That would be definitely my, my biggest takeaway. I want to give a shout-out to TC Charton, too. I just uh, got asked to be in their campaign. So it's Asian fit eyewear. Nice. Uh, so it's got Asian and African fit is really what this is super right for is that um, bridge um, extension, um, you know, that it's just built back a little further because, you know, I'm half Asian and I have a flatter bridge. And so Asian people of Asian and African descent just have that flatter bridge. So, right was the first collection where every single frame like the bridge fit every bridge fit my bridge and that had never happened before um so i'm really excited about this collection i uh, just curated it for my practice and i was asked to be in the eyewear campaign uh that's being released uh this month um so you'll you'll see the um you know ads come out and you'll see them at vision expo um and uh, Alexandra Peng is the designer. She's based in Dallas. And um, she uh, told me she wanted to shoot Asian and black musicians in Nashville. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's my band. Like, I, I, my band is all Asian and black. And, <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so me and my bandmates and some other friends of mine, I helped, you know, book uh, the rest of the um, models and musicians for the shoot. Um, so I have an Asian arts collective here in Nashville. It's called Sticky Rice Collective. 
And so, yeah, I, I was a great person for her to call and kind of get her connected with who she That's needed. That's fantastic. Um, that is fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that we're ending on that. I mean, one thing that I, I'm a big advocate for is, you know, um, creating more diversity in eye care, but making sure that we have products and services that accommodate everyone in eye care. We have to have inclusive eye care. It is a big deal. Patients come in and they want to find the right frame solutions that's going to accommodate their faces. And it's very important to make sure that you have those products and services in your office to make sure, to make sure that those patients feel comfortable and inclusive and belong there, right? So it's very important to make sure that we take it to the next level. I want to give a shout out to Jade, who's been watching this live stream the entire time. She left a comment. This has been jam-packed with some amazing stuff. Thank you both for making this optometric industry more outstanding. I really appreciate you, Jade, Warren, and everyone else, Esther, that's been on this call the entire time and just giving us all these amazing uh, comments. Um, May, if someone wants to get in touch with you and do that consulting, what's the best contact information? Yeah, you can call 629-888-1121. That's the best phone number to call or text. That's the uh, chart optical business line. Um, and then uh, my email address is May, M-A-Y, at chartoptical.com, C-H-A-R-T-O-P-T-I-C-A-L.com. And uh, socials on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, for me, it's May Huen, M-A-Y-H-W-E-N. And uh, socials for um, Chart Optical are all just at Chart Optical. So yeah, definitely get in touch. I love it. And thank you so much, May, for being a part of this show Friends, colleagues, everyone out there in eye care land, remember, points of service is the key. You have your fast or you have your fine. Most of us deal with the fast, you know, getting patients in and out, but doing it in a way where we're impactful, right? But this fine way of doing things can really elevate your practice and take it to the next level. You know, you want to make sure that you have a system that's really going to allow that patient to spend a little more time. You want to have frames that are going to accommodate that uh, patient, but you want to just make sure you're creating a true premium, premier, just out of the box experience that they have never experienced before. And May, I want to thank you for bringing this to my attention because this is something that we need to look at, possibly take the hybrid approach, possibly take whichever one that we want to implement into our practice, but have ownership of it and make sure that our patients ultimately just get the best experience regardless of whatever it is. It's your favorite optometrist, Dr. Daryl Glover. Stay healthy, stay positive, and stay blessed. And until next time, peace. All right, colleagues, and it's a wrap. Thank you dearly for hanging out with the Defocus Media team. We hope truly something resonated with you. And if it did, be sure to give us five stars and make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you named it. And our handle is at Defocus Media on all platforms. And until next time, be sure to keep it 2020 and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.